Chapter Twenty One of the Book of the Damned. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Acacia Wood. The Book of the Damned by Charles Fort. Chapter Twenty One. Knowledge, December Twenty Eighth, eighteen eighty three. Seeing so many meteorological phenomena in your excellent paper knowledge, I am tempted to ask for an explanation of the following, which I saw when on board the British India Company steamer Patna, while on a voyage up the Persian Gulf. In May 1880, on a dark night, about 11.30 p.m., there suddenly appeared on each side of the ship an enormous luminous wheel, whirling around, the spokes of which seemed to brush the ship along. The spokes would be two hundred or three hundred yards long, and resembled the birch-rods of the dame-schools. Each wheel contained about sixteen spokes, and although the wheels must have been some five hundred or six hundred yards in diameter, the spokes could be distinctly seen all the way round. The phosphorescent gleam seemed to glide along flat on the surface of the sea, no light being visible in the air above the water. The appearance of the spokes could be almost exactly represented by standing in a boat and flashing a bull's-eye lantern horizontally along the surface of the water, round and round. I may mention the phenomenon was also seen by Captain Avron of the Patna and Mr. Manning, third officer. Lee Force Brace. P.S. The wheels advanced along with the ship for about twenty minutes. L.F.B. Knowledge, January 11, 1884. Letter from A. McD. That Lee Force Brace, who sees so many meteorological phenomena in your excellent paper, should have signed himself the modern Ezekiel, for his vision of wheels is quite as wonderful as the prophet's. The writer then takes up the measurements that were given, and calculates a velocity at the circumference of a wheel of about 166 yards per second, apparently considering that especially incredible. He then says, From the non de plume he assumes, it might be inferred that your correspondent is in the habit of sailing close to the wind. He asks permission to suggest an explanation of his own. It is that before 11.30 p.m. there had been numerous accidents to the main brace, and that it had required splicing so often that almost any ray of light would have taken on a rotary motion. In Knowledge, January 25, 1884, Mr. Brace answers and signs himself J.W. Robertson. I don't suppose A. McDee means any harm, but I do think it's rather unjust to say a man is drunk because he sees something out of the common. If there's one thing I pride myself upon, it's being able to say that never in my life have I indulged in anything stronger than water. From this curiosity of pride, he goes on to say that he had not intended to be exact, but to give his impressions of dimensions and velocity. He ends amiably, however, no offence taken, where I suppose none is meant. To this letter Mr. Proctor adds a note, apologizing for the publication of A. McD.'s letter, which had come about by a misunderstood instruction. Then Mr. Proctor wrote disagreeable letters himself about other persons. What else would you expect in a quasi-existence? The obvious explanation of this phenomenon is that, under the surface of the sea, in the Persian Gulf, 
was a vast luminous wheel that it was the light from its submerged spokes that mr robertson saw shining upward it seems clear that this light did shine upward from origin below the surface of the sea but at first it is not so clear how vast luminous wheels each the size of a village ever got under the surface of the persian gulf also there may be some misunderstanding as to what they were doing there a deep sea fish and its adaptation to a dense medium that at least in some regions aloft there is a medium dense even to gelatinousness a deep sea fish brought to the surface of the ocean in a relatively attenuated medium it disintegrates superconstructions adapted to a dense medium in interplanetary space sometimes by stresses of various kinds they are driven into this earth's thin atmosphere later we shall have data to support just this that things entering this earth's atmosphere disintegrate and shine with a light that is not the light of incandescence shine brilliantly even if cold vast wheel-like superconstructions they enter this earth's atmosphere and threatened with disintegration plunge for relief into an ocean or into a denser medium of course the requirements now facing us are not only data of vast wheel-like superconstructions that have relieved their distresses in the ocean but data of enormous wheels that have been seen in the air or entering the ocean or rising from the ocean and continuing their voyages very largely we shall concern ourselves with enormous fiery objects that have either plunged into the ocean or risen from the ocean our acceptance is that though disruption may intensify into incandescence apart from disruption and its probable fieriness things that enter this earth's atmosphere have a cold light which would not like light from molten matter be instantly quenched by water also it seems acceptable that a revolving wheel would from a distance look like a globe that a revolving wheel seen relatively close by looks like a wheel in few aspects the mergers of ball lightning and meteorites are not resistances to us our data are of enormous bodies so we shall interpret and what does it matter our attitude throughout this book that here are extraordinary data that they never would be exhumed and never would be massed together unless here are the data our first datum is of something that was once seen to enter an ocean it's from the puritanic publication science which has yielded us little material or which like most puritans does not go upon a spree very often whatever the thing could have been my impression is of tremendousness or of bulk many times that of all meteorites in all museums combined also of relative slowness or of long warning of approach the story in science five to forty two is from an account sent to the hydrographic office at washington from the branch office at san francisco that at midnight february twenty fourth eighteen eighty five latitude thirty seven degrees north and longitude one hundred seventy degrees east or somewhere between yokohama and victoria the captain of the bark innerwich was aroused by his mate who had seen something unusual in the sky this must have taken appreciable time the captain went on deck and saw the sky turning fiery red all at once a large mass of fire appeared over the vessel completely blinding the spectators 
the fiery mass fell into the sea its size may be judged by the volume of water cast up by it said to have rushed toward the vessel with a noise that was deafening the bark was struck flat aback and a roaring white sea passed ahead the master an old experienced mariner declared that the awfulness of the sight was beyond description in nature thirty seven one eighty seven and l'astronomie eighteen eighty seven seventy six we are told that an object described as a large ball of fire was seen to rise from the sea near cape race we are told that it rose to a height of fifty feet and then advanced close to the ship then moving away remaining visible about five minutes the supposition in nature is that it was ball lightning but flammarion thunder and lightning page sixty eight says that it was enormous details in the american meteorological journal six four forty three november twelfth eighteen eighty seven british steamer siberian that the object had moved against the wind before retreating that captain moore said that at about the same place he had seen such appearances before report of the british association eighteen sixty one thirty that upon june eighteenth eighteen forty five according to the malta times from the brig victoria about nine hundred miles east of adelia asia minor thirty six degrees forty minutes fifty six seconds north latitude thirteen degrees forty four minutes thirty six seconds east longitude three luminous bodies were seen to issue from the sea at about half a mile from the vessel they were visible about ten minutes the story was never investigated but other accounts that seem acceptably to be other observations upon this same sensational spectacle came in as if of their own accord and were published by professor baden powell one is a letter from a correspondent at mount lebanon he describes only two luminous bodies apparently they were five times the size of the moon each had appendages or they were connected by parts that are described as sail-like or streamer-like looking like large flags blown out by a gentle breeze the important point here is not only suggestion of structure but duration the duration of meteors is a few seconds duration of fifteen seconds is remarkable but i think there are records up to half a minute this object if it were all one object was visible at mount lebanon about one hour an interesting circumstance is that the appendages did not look like trains of meteors which shine by their own light but seemed to shine by light from the main bodies about nine hundred miles west of the position of the victoria is the town of adelia asia minor at about the time of the observation reported by the captain of the victoria the rev f hollett f r a s was in adelia he too saw this spectacle and sent an account to professor baden powell in his view it was a body that appeared and then broke up he placed his duration at twenty minutes to half an hour in the report of the british association eighteen sixty eighty two the phenomenon was reported from syria and malta as two very large bodies nearly joined report of the british association eighteen sixty seventy seven that at cherbourg france january twelfth eighteen thirty six was seen a luminous body seemingly two-thirds the size of the moon it seemed to rotate on an axis central to it there seemed to be a dark cavity for other accounts all indefinite but distortable into data of wheel-like objects in the sky see nature twenty two six seventeen 
London Times, October fifteenth, eighteen fifty nine, Nature twenty one two twenty five, Monthly Weather Review, eighteen eighty three two sixty four, Lastronomy, eighteen ninety four one fifty seven, that upon the morning of December twentieth, eighteen ninety three, an appearance in the sky was seen by many persons in Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. A luminous body passed overhead, from west to east, until at about fifteen degrees in the eastern horizon it appeared to stand still for fifteen or twenty minutes. According to some descriptions, it was the size of a table. To some observers it looked like an enormous wheel. The light was a brilliant white. Acceptably it was not an optical illusion. The noise of its passage through the air was heard. Having been stationary, or having seemed to stand still fifteen or twenty minutes, it disappeared, or exploded. No sound of explosion was heard. Vast wheel-like constructions. They are especially adapted to roll through a gelatinous medium from planet to planet. Sometimes, because of miscalculations, or because of stresses of various kinds, they enter this Earth's atmosphere. They are likely to explode. They have to submerge in the sea. They stay in the sea a while, revolving with relative leisureliness until relieved, and then emerge, sometimes close to vessels. Seamen tell of what they see. Their reports are interred in scientific morgues. I should say that the general route of these constructions is along latitudes not far from the latitudes of the Persian Gulf. Journal of the Royal Meteorological Society, 28-29. That upon April 4, 1901, about 8.30, in the Persian Gulf, Captain Hoseason of the steamship Kilwa, according to a paper read before the Society by Captain Hoseason, was sailing in a sea in which there was no phosphorescence, there being no phosphorescence in the water. I suppose I'll have to repeat that. There being no phosphorescence in the water. Vast shafts of light, though the captain uses the word ripples, suddenly appeared. Shaft followed shaft upon the surface of the sea but it was only a faint light, and in about fifteen minutes died out, having appeared suddenly, having died out gradually. The shafts revolved at a velocity of about sixty miles an hour. Phosphorescent jellyfish correlate with the old dominant. In one of the most heroic compositions of disregards in our experience, it was agreed, in the discussion of Captain Hoseason's paper, that the phenomenon was probably pulsations of long strings of jellyfish. Nature, 21.4.10, reprint of a letter from R. E. Harris, commander of the A. H. N. Company steamship Shijihan, to the Calcutta Englishman, January 21, 1880. That upon the 5th of June, 1880, off the coast of Malabar, at 10 p.m., water calm, sky cloudless, he had seen something that was so foreign to anything that he had ever seen before, that he had stopped his ship. He saw what he describes as waves of brilliant light, with spaces between. Upon the water were floating patches of a substance that was not identified. Thinking in terms of the conventional explanation of all phosphorescence at sea, the captain at first suspected this substance. However, he gives his opinion that it did no illuminating but was, with the rest of the sea, illuminated by tremendous shafts of light. Whether it was a thick and oily discharge from the engine of a submerged construction or not, I think that I shall have to accept this substance as a concomitant, because of another note. 
as wave succeeded wave one of the most grand and brilliant yet solemn spectacles that one could think of was here witnessed journal of the royal meteorological society thirty two two eighty extract from a letter from mr douglas carnegie blackheath england date some time in nineteen o six this last voyage we witnessed a weird and most extraordinary electric display in the gulf of oman he saw a bank of apparently quiescent phosphorescence but when within twenty yards of it shafts of brilliant light came sweeping across the ship's bows at a prodigious speed which might be put down as anything between sixty and two hundred miles an hour these light bars were about twenty feet apart and most regular as to phosphorescence i collected a bucketful of water and examined it under the microscope but could not detect anything abnormal that the shafts of light came up from something beneath the surface they first struck us on our broadsides and i noticed that an intervening ship had no effect on the light beams they started away from the lee side of the ship just as if they had travelled right through it the gulf of oman is at the entrance to the persian gulf journal of the royal meteorological society thirty three two ninety four extract from a letter by mr s c patterson second officer of the p and o steamship delta a spectacle which the journal continues to call phosphorescent malacca strait two a m march fourteenth nineteen o seven shafts which seem to move round a center like the spokes of a wheel and appeared to be about three hundred yards long the phenomenon lasted about half an hour during which time the ship had travelled six or seven miles it stopped suddenly Lastronomy, 1891-312. A correspondent writes that, in October 1891, in the China Sea, he had seen shafts or lances of light that had had the appearance of rays of a searchlight, and that had moved like such rays. Nature, 20-291. Report to the Admiralty by Captain Evans, the hydrographer of the British Navy that commander j e pringle of h m s vulture had reported that at latitude twenty six degrees twenty six minutes north and longitude fifty three degrees eleven minutes east in the persian gulf may fifteenth eighteen seventy nine he had noticed luminous waves or pulsations in the water moving at great speed this time we have a definite datum upon origin somewhere below the surface it is said that these waves of light passed under the vulture on looking toward the east the appearance was that of a revolving wheel with a centre on that bearing and whose spokes were illuminated and looking toward the west a similar wheel appeared to be revolving but in the opposite direction or finally as to submergence these waves of light extended from the surface well under the water it is commander pringle's opinion that the shafts constituted one wheel and that doubling was an illusion he judges the shafts to have been about twenty-five feet broad and the spaces about one hundred velocity about eighty-four miles an hour duration about thirty-five minutes time nine forty p m before and after this display the ship had passed through patches of floating substance described as oily-looking fish spawn upon page four twenty eight of this number of nature e l moss says that in april eighteen seventy five when upon h m s bulldog a few miles north of vera cruz he had seen a series of swift lines of light he had dipped up some of the water finding in it an animalcule 
which would however not account for phenomena of geometric formation and high velocity if he means veracruz mexico this is the only instance we have out of oriental waters scientific american one o six fifty one that in the nautical meteorological annual published by the danish meteorological institute appears a report upon a singular phenomenon that was seen by captain gabe of the danish east asiatic company steamship Vintang. at three a m june tenth nineteen o nine while sailing through the straits of malacca captain gabe saw a vast revolving wheel of light flat upon the water long arms issuing from a centre around which the whole system appeared to rotate so vast was the appearance that only half of it could be seen at a time the centre lying near the horizon this display lasted about fifteen minutes heretofore we have not been clear upon the important point that forward motions of these wheels do not synchronize with a vessel's motions and freaks of disregard or rather commonplaces of disregard might attempt to assimilate with lights of a vessel this time we are told that the vast wheel moved forward decreasing in brilliancy and also in speed of rotation disappearing when the centre was right ahead of the vessel or my own interpretation would be that the source of light was submerging deeper and deeper and slowing down because meeting more and more resistance the danish meteorological institute reports another instance that when captain Breyer of the dutch steamship valentin was in the south china sea midnight august twelfth nineteen ten he saw a rotation of flashes it looked like a horizontal wheel turning rapidly this time it is said that the appearance was above water the phenomenon was observed by the captain the first and second mates and the first engineer and upon all of them it made a somewhat uncomfortable impression in general if our expression be not immediately acceptable we recommend arrival interpreters that they consider the localization with one exception of this phenomenon to the indian ocean and adjacent waters or persian gulf on one side and china sea on the other side though we're intermediatists the call of attempted positivism in the aspect of completeness is irresistible we have expressed that from few aspects would wheels of fire in the air look like wheels of fire but if we can get it we must have observation upon vast luminous wheels not interpretable as optical illusions but enormous substantial things that have smashed down material resistances and have been seen to plunge into the ocean athenoem eighteen forty eight eight thirty three that at the meeting of the british association eighteen forty eight sir w s harris said that he had recorded an account sent to him of a vessel toward which had whirled two wheels of fire which the men described as rolling millstones of fire when they came near an awful crash took place the topmasts were shivered to pieces it is said that there was a strong sulphurous odor End of chapter twenty one recording by acacia wood chapter twenty two of the book of the damned this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by acacia wood the book of the damned by charles fort chapter twenty two journal of the royal meteorological society one one fifty seven 
Extract from the Log of the Bark Lady of the Lake by Captain F. W. Banner Communicated by R. H. Scott, F.R.S. That, upon the 22nd of March, 1870, at latitude 5 degrees 47 minutes north, longitude 27 degrees 52 minutes west, the sailors of the Lady of the Lake saw a remarkable object, or cloud, in the sky. They reported to the captain. According to Captain Banner, it was a cloud of circular form, with an included semicircle divided into four parts, the central dividing shaft beginning at the center of the circle and extending far outward and then curving backward. Geometricity and complexity and stability of form, and the small likelihood of a cloud maintaining such diversity of features to say nothing of appearance of organic form. The thing traveled from a point at about 20 degrees above the horizon to a point about 80 degrees above. Then it settled down to the northeast, having appeared from the south-southeast. Light gray in color, or it was cloud color. It was much lower than the other clouds. And this datum stands out, that whatever it may have been, it traveled against the wind. It came up obliquely against the wind and finally settled down right in the wind's eye. For half an hour this form was visible. When it did finally disappear, that was not because it disintegrated like a cloud, but because it was lost to sight in the evening darkness. Captain Banner draws the following diagram. End of chapter 22 Recording by Acacia Wood